This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside of this world. We must guard against the military-industrial conflict. UFOs, paranormal phenomena, and deep analysis of current world events. From somewhere in the desert, between Area 51 and Roswell, blasting across the planet, the Manticore Network proudly presents Fairy Tales. Because the truth will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Force has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The power they took from the people will return to the people. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. Shall I tell you what I find beautiful about you? You are a church at best when things are worse. Sooner or later, though, you always have to wake up. Be skeptical, but don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Thambergas. And I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, please make yourself at home. I want to thank you, Veritas member, for making Veritas possible. Please subscribe at VeritasRadio.com to listen to all segments of tonight's interview and all of our material. And when you subscribe, you are essentially upgrading your mind. And don't forget to visit the Veritas store. For MMS, USB drives with all our seasons and bonus material, and everything else we have to offer. To get in touch with us for member support, media inquiries, you want to be a guest or are a whistleblower, there's a link for you by clicking on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. Tonight's special guest is William Henry, a veteran of this show. It's Judgment Day, the end times. While Christians seek signs for Jesus' second coming, the Jews await the Messiah, and Muslims await the 12th Imam, the Mahdi. A powerful device with an unearthly power is awaiting discovery by one of them. That device is the lost Ark of the Covenant, popularly thought of as the golden rectangular box or device made by Moses to contain the tablets of the law and other items. It will be the sign, symbol, and seal of the Christ, the Messiah, and the Mahdi when this figure arrives. 
What most Christians, Jews and Muslims do not realize is that the popular conception of the Ark of the Covenant as a simple golden box is incomplete. Books about the Ark speculate that the Ark was a weapon, a capacitor or power source, a container. They barely mention its complete parts, its secret history or its true capability. The Ark is actually one component of a larger, supernaturally powerful Judgment Day device. Tonight, we will discuss the Ark's missing pieces and its complete hitting function. The phenomena associated with this device makes clear that it is some form of otherworldly ascension tool. It has the capability of making a human holy on contact and transmuting flesh into light. With it, one can ascend and travel the stars like a stargate. This is why it is the most coveted device of human history. And to tell us more, William Henry, right now on Veritas. William Henry is an investigative mythologist and author of several books on ancient mythology and neo-archaeology with a stargate twist. By applying the latest theories in science and consciousness to ancient myths of the gates of the Illumined Gods, including Sumerian, Egyptian, and Holy Grail gateway myths, he hopes to uncover the secrets of the guarded by such groups as the Illuminati. And to learn more about William Henry and his work, including his new book titled The Judgment Day Device, visit his website at williamhenry.net, which is also linked to ours. And directly from Nashville, Tennessee, I would like to welcome William Henry. Hello, William, and welcome back. How are you? Thank you, Mel. It's great to be here, and thank you for having me again. Always a pleasure. Last time you and I spoke, we talked about uh, ancient stargates, and it was a very, a lot of synchronicity with that show. And tonight is no exception. You recently wrote a book titled The Judgment Day Device. What is the book about, and why this title? Well, yeah, the complete title is The Judgment Day Device, and the subtitle is The Lost Secrets of the Throne of the Second Coming, the Ark of the Mahdi, which is the Ark of the Covenant, and the Messiah's End Time Kit. And the, the premise of the book is that it's it's Judgment Day, the end times. And all of the, the big three monotheistic religions have prophecies of the return or appearance of a Messiah. Christians await Jesus' second coming, the Jews await the Messiah, and Muslims await the 12th Imam, who's also called the Mahdi. What most people don't realize is that all three are symbolized and are prophesied to acquire the same device, which I refer to as the Judgment Day device, which is and as we'll get into, it's actually the complete Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant that is in the popular imagination is incomplete. It needs additional pieces or, or originally had additional pieces that I believe will be reacquired, perhaps even in our imminent future, and will be utilized during these times. And on the promotional image of, of tonight's show, I added the pictures of Benjamin Netanyahu, Barack Obama, mm-hmm. and Mahmoud Ahmadinejad. And we'll know why we added them. It seems that a lot of stuff is converging in that area of the world. Why now, William? Well, there's always 
been this millennial fever. It's as if the kind of the, the conservative wings of the big three religions, again, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, the, the more conservative or literalist interpreters of, of those books suggest that uh, there's, a, there's a countdown that was inaugurated, perhaps in the 1980s, maybe the 90s. And even in the U.S., we can talk about the neocons and their drive to fulfill biblical prophecy by first rebuilding Babylon, which was a prerequisite for the return of the Lord, and then destroying Babylon in anticipation of, again, the return of the Lord. There's good evidence um, or solid evidence that says that some of our, our world leaders, especially on that conservative side, read these prophecies sort of like a cookbook and are checking things off their to-do list. And it's not just uh, the, the, the Christians that are doing this. It's also the Jews with Benjamin Netanyahu uh, featured among those uh, who are participating in this millennial fever. And it's also uh, the Shia, in particular the Shia Muslims, of which Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, the president of Iran, is the leading figure in attempting to hasten the appearance or arrival of the Islamic Messiah, the Mahdi, who will bring chaos, discover the Ark of the Covenant, and install Islam as the sole world religion. It sounds, you're mentioning the destruction and the rebuilding of Babylon. Isn't that exactly what happened with the commencement of the 2003 invasion of Iraq? Absolutely. And the, a lot of people were misled when uh, President Bush lied to the American people, lied to the world, saying that Saddam Hussein had weapons of mass destruction. They knew at the time he didn't, but they went into Iraq anyway. And the spin was that, oh, well, this really must be about oil. Well, that's good spin. But the fact of the matter is, is that like most of the recent wars, especially World War II, our major wars, our major conflicts are religious-based wars and conflicts, and the Iraqi conflict was no different. It featured the United States, George W. Bush, going after Saddam Hussein, a man who proclaimed himself to be the reincarnation of the biblical king of Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar. And this is the motivating factor, not only in Saddam's actions, but for the U.S. actions in attempting to stop him, because he was, he had rebuilt Babylon to the tune of $500 million in the 1980s, all in his quest or desire to duplicate what he had done in his past life as Nebuchadnezzar. Now, mind you, it's important for us to put on the table here that around 586 B.C. was the time that Nebuchadnezzar sent his army into Jerusalem looting and leveling the, the Temple of Solomon, returning the prophets, including Daniel and Ezekiel, to Babylon, and also recovering, many believe, the Ark of the Covenant. At least that's the last time it's mentioned in the Bible as is, is having a physical location on earth. And mind you, it does mention other locations, celestial locations for the Ark, which we can get to that in a moment. But the fact is, is that since the early 2000s, this drumbeat of millennial, not just millennial fever, but end-time prophecy fulfillment fever has been running wild, especially in the Middle East. And now we have all kinds of public statements as recently as February 10th by President Ahmadinejad of Iran saying uh, the end times are here. Uh, the, the Mahdi, the imminent appearance of the Mahdi is upon us, and we need to prepare. And that was my, my next question. It seems that they are trying to provoke a war, even if they don't have a nuclear weapon. 
by saying that they have it. They provoke Israel or they provoke the United States to attack. Is it because that would be the catalyst of the arrival of the Mahdi? Well, that's exactly right. And let me just say this, that I profiled Saddam Hussein in 2001 and called for uh, or, or predicted a U.S. invasion of Iraq in 2002 if Bush and Cheney were elected. I was wrong. It took him until 2003 to do it. And I say that because I've been profiling these Middle East leaders who believe that they are figures of biblical prophecy or end-time prophecy for about 10 years now. And when I started to learn about Mahmoud Ahmadinejad and his belief, his, his publicly proclaimed belief that he is the divinely ordained herald of the Islamic Messiah, the hidden one, the hidden imam, uh, that he has been attempting to hasten the arrival of this figure. This is a foundational belief among Shia Muslims. And of course, Ahmadinejad is a Shia uh, as opposed to a Sunni Muslim. The, the Sunnis are the vast majority of Muslims. And most Muslim people are peace-loving, very good people, very friendly people, love their families, are just devoted to their God, and do not care to, to have a conflict with the great Satan or the little Satan, Israel, uh, as does Mr. Ahmadinejad. And his belief is that the arrival of this figure, the, the Mahdi, who has been occulted for over eight, nine hundred years now, uh, can be hastened by creating global conflict. And this is part of the prophecy of the return of the Mahdi, that this figure will arrive during a time of global turmoil. Hence, in Ahmadinejad's mind, he believes if he can accelerate or if he can stimulate this chaos, and, and he doesn't care if he gets a nuclear weapon and lobs it at Israel, or if he can provoke Israel into attacking him or get the U.S. to attack him. It, it makes no difference because the net result is the same. Global chaos, the sinking of the, the global economy, and the hastening of the arrival of the Islamic Messiah, the Mahdi. I hate to say this because some religious people may, may, may feel offended, but it's true. The, the entanglement of the three monotheistic religions, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, it seems that throughout history, they are always at war. At the same time, if you asked people in the United States, people in Israel, and people in Iran, and I get emails from people from these three countries, they do not want war. Why is it that their leaders have to always have the last word? Well, that's the, the, the most important question perhaps we can ask, Mel, is that why don't they listen to the people? I agree with you. The, what I see online on social networks and elsewhere is that the people of Iran, Israel, U.S., they don't, they're not even aware of half of the stuff we were just talking about a moment ago and how it's a motivating factor of their governments, especially Iran and Israel. And it, it's up to the people to unite and to decide we don't want war, we, especially as, as a means to hasten the arrival of a figure, a messianic figure who's supposed to be a figure bringing universal love and kindness to the planet. I mean, the, it, it, it just doesn't make common sense at all. And what has to happen is that the people actually have to physically begin to participate in their government. It's great to make a phone call. It's wonderful to write an email, but there's nothing like standing in front of your elected representatives and telling them, 
that we don't want you to subscribe to this agenda and take this off the table. And by the way, I think the only reason why we went to Iraq in 2003, because after 9-11, I think the main purpose was to go to Iraq, uh, Iraq uh, was because uh, they hadn't built the case. I mean, they really needed to solidify their lie about weapons of mass destruction. But what do you think is the main reason? Why were we, what were we looking for in Iraq? Well, my profile of Saddam Hussein, which was largely based on public statements that he made throughout the 1990s, late 90s, early 2000s, was that he absolutely believed he was the reincarnation of Nebuchadnezzar and that he was a figure of biblical prophecy. And what he was doing was digging beneath the sands of Iraq and discovering the secrets, the ancient secrets of the Sumerian gods, the Anunnaki, which I believe those secrets, and I documented in my books and in presentations, that the, the ultimate secrets of the Anunnaki concern stargates. The Anunnaki are super advanced, non-physical, spiritual beings who have the ability of morphing into physical manifestation. And when they do that, they there were various tools and implements that were utilized in that process, Stargate devices, one of which uh, formed part of what we think of as the biblical Ark of the Covenant, or rather, the biblical Ark of the Covenant functioned as part of uh, one of these Stargate devices. So Saddam had made it very clear that his ambition was to do something like what Hitler had done, which was to create schools of ancient occult studies. He had amassed this massive, massive collection of ancient Iraqi artifacts, which he was putting on display in Baghdad, in the National Museum, in the Saddam Hussein School for Cuneiform Studies. I mean, you want to talk about weapons of mass destruction. How about absolute concrete proof that Judaism and Christianity are false religions, that they are, in fact, modeled after the original Sumerian gods, the Anunnaki, and that many of the biblical figures perhaps didn't even exist except as ancient Anunnaki or Sumerian god beings. I mean, that's what Saddam held in the palm of his hand, and he had an opportunity, if he was able to release that knowledge, to do serious damage to the Western mind. In your book, you have two photographs, one of a statue of Isis with baby Horus and another of Mary and baby Jesus. It seems that the Egyptian mythology, if you will, continued to Christianity. Was Egyptian history or mythology changed or transformed into Christianity? Well, that's a very good question. Um, the, the image that you're referring to is, is a very powerful image. It, it shows Isis on her throne with the child Horus on her lap. And I made a comparison of that, as many other uh, researchers have done, between the story of the Virgin Mary with, with Jesus on her lap. The, the, the main point that I was trying to make there wasn't concerning necessarily the, the actual hist historicity of Jesus and Mary or Isis and Horus. It was that there was a continuation of this throne symbolism, mm -hmm. that, that Isis's name means the throne. And what the ancient Egyptians were concerned more about was not whether Isis was a physical person, but rather how they could prepare themselves to access the throne of Isis. So what was the throne of Isis? Well, the throne of Isis, like the throne of Mary, and, and Mary, you can make an argument, is 
her name means the ark, but it's also considered interchangeable with the throne, that this throne was perhaps an ancient Stargate device. And when the god beings would manifest on Earth, they would utilize the... Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.